0: Church because it is the day that we open what is called the Book of the Lenten Triodium. The Lenten Triodium is the book that contains the hymns that we will be singing from now up until uh, we get up into Holy Week and then after we switch to the Pentecost, the book of the Pentecost. It also gives us, this book gives us the scriptural readings that we'll have during this season. So today, in other words, is the beginning of our preparation, our official preparation for Pascha. We're preparing for Lent, which itself, of course, is a preparation for Pascha. But today, we begin this preparation. And we begin it with this famous reading, this famous teaching of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, where He contrasts the Pharisee and the Publican. The Pharisee in Jesus' time was someone who was highly respected. We often think of the Pharisees as being bad because Jesus is so often opposed to them. But they were very pious religious people of Jesus' time. They were known for their strictness, In observing the Mosaic Law, they were known for their piety. They were people like you who would be here in church for them, in that case, the synagogue. They would be there every Saturday, just as most of you are here every Sunday. They would study throughout the week and so forth. The scripture, even though they didn't understand it as Jesus showed, but scripture was the center of their lives. Their faith was the center of their lives. The publican, on the other hand, the publican is a tax collector, someone who is despised. I've mentioned it many times before, but just briefly, as a reminder, for those of you who haven't heard before, the publican, the tax collector, is despised because if you owe the government $90, they say you owe them $100. And you essentially have no recourse in the ancient world for that, so you give them $100. They give $90 to the government they keep. $10 for themselves, they rip off everybody in the city, they go to the next city, they rip everybody off there, and so forth, they're despised. In addition, even more so are they hated by the fellow Jews of Jesus' time, because then they send that $90 that you gave them, and part of that money goes to fund the Roman army, which occupies your city and your area of Jerusalem and Israel, so you no longer have that land and freedom, but you're under the occupation of the Roman army, who's taxing you to be under their occupation. So even more so is the tax collector despised. Yet Jesus, in today's parable, in today's teaching, we can see that he glorifies this tax collector and he criticizes the Pharisee. Why is that? Well, it's because we saw that the Pharisee is plagued with this sin that seems to plague you and me. It seems to be a human problem. It's this sin of self-righteousness. It's this sin of thinking that perhaps we can somehow earn God's love and earn God's favor. It's this sense of seeing ourselves and constantly comparing ourselves to others And of course, trying to compare ourselves in a more favorable light to others. And this sin, brothers and sisters, is a cancer to our souls. It's a spiritual cancer. And just like cancer of the body, it has to be treated constantly. It has to be treated with chemotherapy and radiation so that this cancer would go away. In this case, it has to be treated with spiritual radiation and spiritual chemotherapy. Otherwise, this cancer grows and it overtakes our entire soul and leads to corruption. And that's why so often you hear me preach and teach against this sin of self-righteousness. I believe it is the root the root of all spiritual corruption. And that's why the church places this teaching and this parable of the publican and the Pharisee right here at the beginning of our preparation for Pasch for Easter. Because if we don't work on this sin, we can work on all the others, and it's all for nothing. We see that today, don't we? We see that today in the public, excuse me, in the Pharisee. He had worked on all those other sins. His sin of avarice, his sin of greed, yet he still gave of his time. He did not work on that sin of self righteousness, which again is a spiritual cancer. And, brothers and sisters, each and every one of us needs to work on this sin of self righteousness during this season and throughout our entire lives. When we stop treating the cancer, continues to grow. And so we must take this treatment first of all by hearing about it, by being reminded of the fact that we are inclined to self-righteousness. We treat it by doing acts that would be contrary to helping that to grow in us, by helping to take care of those that we see as less fortunate and having interactions with them. For example, when we serve family promise families, the homeless families that come into our community and we sit and we have dinner with them and we hear about their life and we hear about the obstacles that they've had to overcome, we're much less likely to be judgmental of them. We're much more likely to be understanding of how someone could find themselves in that situation and to realize, you know, if we had been in that same situation and we had faced those same obstacles in our life, we probably would be in that same position we have to continue this treatment and each one of us brothers and sisters is as a human being is subject to this cancer each and every one of us struggles to overcome it, and it is only through the divine scriptures and hearing them repeat again and again and taught correctly again and again that we are able to start chipping away and to overcome this sin, even though we will never overcome it entirely in this life. And if we think that we have we are the most deluded of anyone else and are completely consumed by this cancer. So much so that we don't even recognize it as being a foreign object in our soul. It's just completely overtaking us. I was speaking about this Concept about these concepts of self-righteousness, the importance of hearing and repeating scripture and buying into, so to speak, its narrative, having faith in its salvific work with my children. And I shared with them a story of something that happened to me to help underline this point and it's something that I had not shared with anyone else besides my wife up until that time. And I wish to share it with you this morning, to highlight it. Because ultimately, brothers and sisters, what we hear in Scripture is that we are created in the image and likeness of God. And that applies to each and every one of us. Not just to us, but to our neighbor and to our enemy. And it's only when we begin to see other people in this life and we begin to understand that we are no better than our neighbor And no better than our enemy, no matter how bad, no matter how deficient our neighbor might seem to be, it is only then that we get rid of this sin of self-righteousness. When I was 18, 19 years old, I was attending Creighton University, and I got a scholarship to work in a company called Logier Corporation. Most people have never heard of it, but if you've been in a CVS or a Walgreens or a Target, the shelves that you see with all the products on it were probably made by them. So I had an internship at this company and as you can imagine being sort of an industrial company, it wasn't in the best part of town. And of course, being like a Pharisee, I would always take the not so scenic route, the nice route to get there where I didn't go through all the bad areas of town to get there. Well, one day that area was closed for some reason. I don't know what the reason was, or wreck, or, or whatever. And so I went through a bad part of town. And I saw an old man walking, a black man, who was walking down the street, just hobbling, like barely moving. And I said, you know what, I better turn around and pick this man up. I mean, he's, he's not going to I don't know where he's going but he needs help. So I turned around and I pulled up beside him and rolled down the window and I said, sir, do you need a ride? And he said, yes, I could use a ride. So he gets in my vehicle and the smell was outrageous. I had never smelled anything like this in my life. He just needed a ride down to the gas station. I took him down there. it would have taken an hour to waiting He was walking. It took two minutes in the car. And as he got out, this man looked at me and he said, thank you for the ride. And when he looked at me, I saw white around his eyes. Just a little bit of white. And I looked again and I realized this wasn't a black man. This was a white man. As white as me. Covered in complete filth. To the extent that I sat next to him for a couple of minutes and thought it was a black man. That's why it smells so. Like. I said to my son when I told him this story, "Do you think that I believe that this guy is my?" Leader? And I said, "You're damn right. I don't. But it's my life's work to get to the point where I actually believe that in my heart, and that's our work, brothers and sisters." To get to that point where we really believe, not just in our minds, oh yes, I believe in the scriptures. Oh yes, this person, you know, is made in the image of God just like me. This person deserves the same honor as me. We don't believe that in our hearts. Not one of us. Because we're Pharisees. And we need to work on our sin. Now how do I know? You might say, how do you know this, Father, that... I don't feel that way just because you do. Because I hear your confessions. And when you come to me in confession, you tell me, Oh, I didn't fast. Sometimes I broke the fast. And I haven't always been as charitable towards the church as I should have been. And sometimes I miss the church. You're talking like the Pharisee. Let's be real. We are Pharisees. I'm a Pharisee, and you are a Pharisee. That's why we make our confessions this way. I don't hear people come to me in confession very often and talk about the sins of omission and talk about how I failed to view this person that I helped and picked up or that I served the family promise as being my uncle. I failed to see the image of God in my enemy. Very few of us think this way, because we're thinking like the Pharisees. And today, not only I, but the Church invites you to start thinking in a different way. To start thinking in the scriptural way. And to start understanding that our greatest sins are not the fact that sometimes, We don't fast. Sometimes we skip church. We're not always as charitable towards the church or towards charitable organizations as we should be. Yes, those are sins. I'm not saying they're not sins. Jesus isn't saying those aren't sins, but he's saying the real sin that you need to work on is this cancer in our souls, this sin of self-righteousness, this sin of comparing yourselves in a favorable light to others, the sin of looking down on others because they haven't attained whatever it is that you and I think they should have attained. Our work this season, brothers and sisters in Christ, is first of all to remind ourselves that we're sick, that we have this cancer, and to start treating To start coming here and falling down on our faces before God in repentance, It's not worrying about what anyone else is doing but worrying about curing this own cancer of our souls. And the only cure, brothers and sisters, is to hear the words of Christ, to read them, to repeat them, and to continue to remind ourselves that we have a long ways to go until we attain His holiness, until we attain that true freedom that comes with accepting His love For us, and offering that same love back to others. To him be all glory, honor, and worship forever and ever. Amen.